your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Coming up on the show, talk to Shelly Fortner. She's the executive director of the Hunger Task Force here in Lacrosse. I should say the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse. And I, I do want to talk. There's a there's this story about in very unrelevant to me because I'm just not this is not my wheelhouse, but it's gonna be in Shelly's wheelhouse a little bit, but the, the baby formula shortage. So obviously that's that's probably affecting a lot of people out there, but then also affecting people that are poor as well. And how does the hunger task force, I guess, tackle that or how, how does it look there as they are a food bank? So they're a food bank in lacrosse and they serve, you know, the, the best way to say this is there's food shelves and there's food banks. So the food bank is like the upper entity that distributes food to the food shelves. Um, so, you know, when, when, there's a baby formula shortage. How how does that affect our food bank? And then after that, beyond that, our food shelf. So I'll talk to her about that. And there's a whole bunch of other things, a slew of things that we could talk to Shelly Fortner about. It should be a pretty fun show. I want to get this out there right away because I always forget to do this. Um, and and I appreciate the, the person that called looking for this information, which just kind of jogged my memory. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's coming up. Mike's Luau, Mike Hayes, the, the, the host of Lacrosse Talk uh, from 6 to 9 a.m. He's having his Luau. Are you going to check it out? It's going on right now. <laughs> so, um, but the other things that are happening and, and that, that I want to promote here is we're doing this, uh, around River City is doing this local gift card drive. And it's a pretty good deal. And I, I don't. I feel like I should snag a couple of these before they go, they go pretty fast. Essentially you buy a gift card for $30 and you get $50 worth of gift card. Uh, and it's at a whole bunch of local businesses. So if you just check out around and then just, just go in and find the gift cards that you want $50 and uh, $30 and they're worth $50. So there's, there's a whole bunch Uh hidden Valley paintball. Uh, the Black Horse Bar and Grill. Hey, I play volleyball there. Uh, Pizza Villa in West Salem. Viroqua Hills Golf Course. So $30 gift card. You're going to get $50 worth of golf. The Sweet Shop. Oh, man. That one's... Ooh, might have to use that one, too. And uh, Sloopy's Alma Mater. So there's a couple of the, the ones that are on there. Just go to roundrivercity.com. It's the first thing you see. Gift card sale. It's uh, top. And then right next to that, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up is that this local, the spring blood drive, um, <laughs> we call it life is brew till full, uh, brew till full, get it? Uh, the Red Cross spring blood drive pints for pints, get it? Another man, they, they just all, all the plan words here. Uh, that's on June 1st from 12 to 6 PM at the Pearl street brewery. So check that out. That's on aroundrivercity.com. You do. You donate a pint and you get a free pint. It's so funny. Like you donate a pint of blood and then you get a beer chip. You know, you don't actually have to drink the beer after you give blood. That's actually probably frowned upon. I'm not a blood expert, but it's probably frowned upon to like donate blood and then just chug a beer or drink it casually. And I guess you don't have to chug it. Um, but they're going to give you a, a, a ten dollar a ten dollar 
e-gift card at Pearl Street. So you don't even really have to buy a beer. You could buy whatever they sell at Pearl Street. I'm allergic to beer, too, so um, I would probably buy something else. Can I have a margarita? And I need it blended. And then the bartender looks at me and rolls their eyes when they turn around. Um, but, yeah, that's happening June 1st from noon to 6 at the Pearl Street Brewery. And uh, just go to aroundrivercity.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there to check out on aroundrivercity.com. But just click there, and then you got to make an appointment. So you just there's a, there's a link, and it's going to take you to the Red Cross appointment schedule area. And then you can see times. I'm doing it right now. And there's a whole bunch of times, all noon to 6. In fact, yeah, tons of times. So free $10 to spend at Pearl street when you just give a donate, when you donate a, a pint of blood. So you're not even really donating it. You're getting paid for your blood in beer. <laughs> That's kind of how uh, you, you get paid to give blood in beer. And also um, if you're helping your friend move, you get paid in beer. And if you're helping uh, your friend, maybe put shingles on the roof. That's something that happens. I think still, right? Like your neighbors come over and help you, roof your house unless you have a house like mine and then you pay them in cases of beer and then the shingles get crooked as you keep drinking beer and doing the shingles right uh, 608-785-7914 so those are a couple of things that are happening uh in, in the community and um all that all of that stuff's at river city around rivercity.com oh there's a blue, there's a brewer's bus trip too I, I i didn't scroll down there's also a brewer's bus trip june 26th blue jays Blue Jays are a pretty good team. They got Bo Bichette. Dante Bichette's son, Bo Bichette. That's how old some of us are. Like, Dante Bichette? No, Bo Bichette. That's his son. So, a um, couple of stories on wisdomnews.com. Uh, just from the AP, there's a, there's a lawsuit now, so we're going to keep this in the news. The, the fake electors uh, in the Republican Party of, of, of Wisconsin. The, uh, Bill Fien is one of these electors that went to Madison to essentially uh, sign off that Donald Trump won the election just in case, just in case kind of um, got paperwork, got all the uh, the paperwork to do that. So there, now there's another lawsuit and couple, a couple of the real electors, I guess the Democratic electors are suing and then another uh, and a voter, I guess, is what the story there. So if you want to read about that, I'm not going to get into that today. Some, that's something we would do on Friday, right, with UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski. He'll be back. I'll be back on Friday. The Brewers aren't playing, uh, and the Bucks simultaneously, so I should be back. But yeah, check that out. Wisdomnews.com. All right, I'm going to take a break. Brad's got to do the news. When I come back, Shelley Fortner from the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse. We're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to try to talk about baby formula shortage, and then just all the things that the Hunger Task Force is is kind of handling in lacrosse when it comes to. You know, food and scarcity, food scarcity, right? We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914 is the talk text line. Well, just the text line, I guess, for now. Shelly Fortner is on with me. She's the executive director of the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse. And I, I kind of said this earlier, Shelly, and, and people, and you can correct me if I, I'm going to trip over myself trying to say this, but the the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse is a food bank. I think it's the only one between M- Madison and Rochester. So you're the like the the middle entity there. And and you told me you serve 118 programs in seven counties. And I think beyond that, even if if an, another program came to you from outside of those counties, I think you would say, yeah, we'll we'll help you out if we can. 
Um, but you're you're the food bank, and then underneath you would be the food shelves. That's kind of the the hierarchy that that goes, right? Well, that's yeah, that's kind of it. So we are, you know, we have the capacity in our big warehouse to, you know, take a lot of product, truckloads of product. Um, you'd be hard pressed to find a pantry that has that kind of capacity. So it's our job to get those donations in, and then um, go ahead and let all the food programs shop with us. And when I say shop, basically they're coming into the warehouse and picking out foods so they can restock their shelves. Yeah, if if, uh, if a person needs something, should they they don't they don't go to you, right? They would go in in this in this form, right? They would go to like something like wafer. Right. Um, we're so we stock the food pantries and then don't serve individuals through our location. Um, that would be you know they would go to their the nearest food pantry uh, to them and go ahead and. And apply there. So um, the only place that we serve individuals directly is our Cane Street Community Garden. Okay, and and that all depends on you know how much weeding you're doing out there, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it depends on you know if winter ends you know two weeks into you know May. Um, <laughs> you know this year was very late for us um, and everybody. I think it's starting their gardens. Yeah, my dad doesn't plant his garden, and when I say garden, I think it's more like a field. And uh, he doesn't, although it's backbreaking work because he's not—he's—he's he's got like the the uh, manual like potato thing where you stick it in the ground and then clamp the thing together and the potato drops in. So he's doing that manually. It's but it, but it's a gigantic field, and then uh, and then he and then he plows more. We just keep plowing our lawn more and more, so some of our neighbors can. We essentially have our own community garden. My dad just runs it and and just lets the neighbors put plant what they want. And then by the That's end, great. and then by fall, because uh, some of the neighbors are Hmong, they they have these like things that I've never thought of or even heard of to eat. And then I I'm ending up bringing giant garbage bags home with me uh, of food that I've never had or tried or even heard of. And then I have to like Google, hey, what is this thing? Because I'll forget mm. the name. And then I have to Google like what to even do with it, how to cook it. It's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. We have a lot of different you know diverse populations that help us at the garden. We've got two garden employees um, and about 2,500 volunteers a year. Um, and, well, we our goal is to grow 30,000 pounds to distribute to the community. And, uh, you know, we're always learning, too. We learn from folks who, you know, hey, can we plant some of this? And, and we say, as long as you tell us how to use it and, um, you know, we can pass that on to the recipients. Um, a lot of education goes on there. Now you've been the executive director at the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse for it's is it over a decade or is it at a decade now? We I I started in January thirteen years ago. Thirteen, okay, because I feel right. like you know when we did this, we did this food drive Fridays. That was three. Was that I guess two years ago? So yeah, right. that's why I'm thinking mm-hmm. like it was a decade because we did uh, food drive Fridays uh, to start the pandemic. I guess or in the midst of the worst of the pandemic. Um, right. and, and what we were getting like five, five to 15,000 pounds of food every Friday, which is pretty ridiculous. Do you guys do anything like that or is the need not there? Because I feel like if we did that again, we would still get a community outpouring like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've been thinking about that more and more. I'll tell you that, um, you know, one of the biggest drives, the post office food drive, um, has not happened for the last several years. And that is what really gives um, food programs, including the Hunger Task Force, um, a lot of the food that they use per year. Um, so, I mean, we are we are all all of the food pantries that benefit from that are 
kind of hurting from that. So, you know, we've been thinking about having something along the lines of the Friday food drives again. Possibly not as long. I think we did it for, did we do it for six weeks? Yeah, seven, um, seven or six or seven yeah. weeks, I think, every Friday. And then, you know, yeah. it is a Friday. I think people are in a good mood. It's kind of a good idea to do it on a Friday, but also, like, all the volunteers that you have coming to, to help out, they're probably like, oh, Friday. <laughs> right. No, I mean, the Rotary groups really stepped up big time for that. Um, that was, you know, just awesome to have their involvement. And hopefully, you know, like I said, we could do something maybe on a smaller scale again. Uh, again, the the post office food drive is usually a, a pretty large one, probably brings in about, oh gosh, 30,000 pounds of, you know, food for the food pantries in the area. And not having that really hurts. Do they just not have it because it hasn't restarted since the pandemic? Or is it something that's going away and we, we need to, to find an alternative? Well, no. Um, you know, I mean, it's still the, the union and the post office that has been doing those drives. And, and a number of a number of areas had it um, this last Mother's Day weekend. That's, that's when the drive is usually held. Um, but, you know, the state of Minnesota had some folks involved in other even other places in Wisconsin, um, that, that food drive still happened. So I think it's, it's more of what's going on here in La Crosse and, um, you know, getting the people back involved. I know there was some, you know, employee changeover with regard to who was coordinating the drive. And so we're hoping to get that back, back going again next year. All right. Well, if, if we need to do something in, in the meantime, you just let us know because, uh, you know, I'll bring you on every week and we can just do the food drive. We, we can promote it as much as we can. I think that helped out last last time we did that. Um, yeah. Now you talked about, okay, so you bring that up, the, the fact that this this isn't happening. So are are you guys hurting for, for needing donations? And, and how do, do people just like, hey, I, I've got extra stuff in my pantry. I, I'll bring it to, to you guys. Or is, it's, is it really entities, uh, bigger groups that come and, and deliver food to you, right? Well, it's actually, you know, all of the above. I mean, we are, we're certainly all hurting, I think, with the price of groceries and things like that. But, you know, I always encourage folks, if you have extra, you know, there's there's folks in town that, that need that. Um, and the Hunger Task Force and other food pantries are, are always in need of donated food. So um, we, I guess we all are struggling uh, even you and I, when we're going grocery shopping anymore. So, I mean, imagine what the folks who have less than us are are doing. You know? Yeah. That and that was my next question with the with everything that's going on like that. Um, can you can you describe how maybe that need has grown? Uh, you know, I, I, there might be a better question for the food pantry rather than the food bank that you guys are. But I'm sure you you get a good idea of what's going on. Well, right, yeah. Um, the the agencies that we work with, the food programs that we work with, are um, they share their numbers with us. I mean, that helps us with funding. It, it's just all, you know, good behavior all around to, you know, show each other what we're doing uh, with the food that we're providing. So, I mean, we are getting those statistics from the pantries that we serve on a monthly basis. We're seeing that number go up again. Um, we're looking at, um, you know, the, uh, oh, gosh, I'm stumbling over words here, but the the emergency that the pandemic started um, when when we lose that status, we're going to lose all of the extra food share that folks are getting too, and that right now that's set to happen uh, at the end of July. 
uh, unless they extend that um, public emergency again. But we're going to see, you know, if we haven't seen numbers going up now, we're certainly going to see it going up then. And I think um, the population that really is going to be affected by that change are going to be the seniors. Um, with emergency allotments of food share, seniors are getting about $250 a month, which, you know, gosh, if we went grocery shopping, <laughs> you or I, 250 lasts how long? Not much. So this is what a senior is getting per month. Um, once the public emergency ends and their emergency food share allotment goes down, seniors are back down to getting $20 per month. So <clears throat> not an awful lot to live on, and we're going to see an increased need there for sure uh, after July, again, depending on whether or not they extend the public emergency, which we're not expecting to happen. $20. Um, so we, it, we, we have a program that's going to give seniors $20 a month. That almost seems like comical. It is. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how they, you know, are, are crunching those numbers. Um, but it's certainly not enough to live on. Um, it, it would probably seniors, cost, it would probably cost somebody $20 <laughs> a month to do the paperwork to send somebody $20 a month. I would, I would guess. Well, and if you remember back when they changed, was it last last fall, I believe? they. So they have what's called a thrifty food plan, which is what the government, the federal government, uses to determine how much food share an average family would get. Um, and they use the price of food, they use the cost of living, they use inflation, all of that to determine this number. Um, and there was an increase to that, about a 25% increase. Um, and that number finally went up after, wow, I think it was almost two decades since it's gone up. Actually, you know, it was in the 70s, so it's many more decades than that. But that finally, that formula finally changed. And people's um, food share was increased um, because of that thrifty food plan formula that they used to determine it. But if you look at the seniors, if they're receiving $20 now, that 25% increase was $4. Yeah, because they were getting sixteen. So it's really, you know, it's gotten better. But for seniors, four dollars better. Yeah, twenty five percent. Four dollars better. That's also just kind of a slap in the face, almost. Um, and then when you see, even when it's two hundred fifty dollars, uh, what a month you said, right? Like two hundred fifty dollars a month. Two hundred fifty dollars a week would be pretty decent, I think. And then I could buy double stuff Oreos, uh, but two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> right. Uh, even those are getting more expensive, but $250 a month, uh, that's even, uh, you know, you got to start thinking about how you're going to budget your grocery shopping. And, and I don't think anyone, right. need, I don't like the idea of anyone having to think, oh man, I can't buy, you know, this little snack that's going to make me happy for a little bit because I got to right. really budget uh, the avocado toast and whatnot, that argument. Um, <laughs> right. That's Shelly Fortner. She's the executive director of the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse. When we come back, I, I do want to talk about, uh, uh, baby formula, and then I, I still have Cane Street Garden questions. And then uh, there are some other programs that I, I want to get into that you guys are doing that I, I just want to mention, and then you can describe to me how uh, people can get involved when we come back. Brad's got to do the news, though. Scott's comment before that. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Shelly Fortner, the executive director of the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse, is on with me. We were talking about uh, just kind of just kind of a little bit about almost like uh, essentially inflation and the price of food going up and, and how, how that's affected uh, 
the the people that are down the chain from you guys because you're the food bank. You you serve. Uh, 118 programs in seven counties in the area, and you're the only food bank between Madison and Rochester. Um, and and then you guys you guys feel this hurt too when when we when we see food prices going up and uh, everything else is kind of you know some of these things are you know we're coming out of a pandemic and and you talked about it some of these things that we did to help people through a pandemic are kind of ending when when maybe we should probably just think about continuing these things because these are our most vulnerable people in in society that that need this help uh, clearly like you'll you see this every day right yeah definitely i mean we're looking at you know what's going to happen we're always looking a step ahead you know hopefully we can keep up um when that happens but um you know again we were looking at, you know, what's happening in the government as far as food share and the uh, the emergency allotments because of the pandemic and, and where are we going to be when all that ends and what is our community going to look like. So we've been looking at that since the pandemic started. Um, you know, we, we, we started, okay, what are we doing now? And everybody was kind of learning how to do things differently. And now we're more on what's going to happen when all of this uh, starts to get back to normal. Um, you know, what is our situation going to look like then? Yeah, and we we, we talk and, about things starting to get back to normal, but with like huge, <laughs> huge differences in how we, you know, three years ago where we were at and three years later, yeah, okay, we're, we're getting back to normal, but things have changed dramatically. Absolutely, right. Inflation and, you know, the, the job situation and, you know, wages, all of that has to do with, you know, how people are making a living and, you know, is it a livable wage and all of that. So it, it's just so interconnected. And who would have thought, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, how many of these chains, you know, the chain reaction of everything. And, and you mentioned the formula. Um, you know, I mean, there's just shortages. You, you see pet food is in shortage, too. Um, I know my mother is looking for a certain kind of cat food. She can't find it. So, I mean, those things are the result Um you know, of the pandemic. So we're still seeing the effects. Yeah. And uh, uh, like, and you look at Huska Park right here in La Crosse, uh, the, the homeless population is, is, do you guys have any affiliation with, uh, with uh, like trying to help them do, do some of the, the groups that are helping the homeless come to you guys uh, looking to, you know, deliver food or stuff down to them? Absolutely. Yeah, we were, you know, that's another one of the concerns that came up is how are we going to, you know, make sure that that we've got food for um, the folks and now they're at a campground and and um, so how are we going to do that? Uh, We basically, we are working with our existing agencies. So we've got several churches that that held a uh, communal meal uh, throughout the year. So they're, they're using their kitchens and they're making meals for the folks down at the park. Um, you know, we're just using our existing resources right now to, and they and they absolutely have access to our food to do that. So, um, as long as it's it's on the up and up, and I can't have you know the Joan family say we want to provide food and can we get some? We just want to go with our existing programs, and um, you know they're trusted and they're safe, and so that's how we're doing things. But uh, we're providing a lot of food for the park right now. Yeah, does everything that you were doing three years ago, is it just like amplified a little bit where, oh, this program needs a little bit more, this program, these people need a little bit more, where, where everything is stretched thin? Are we stretched thin or are we doing okay at the task force? Well, you know, um, we're doing okay right now, but again, I, I think, 
in the next month or so, we're going to be stretched thin. Um, again, because the resources are not coming in as fast as they were um, for, you know, food donations, uh, even monetary donations. We had just a terrific, um, you know, fundraiser with the Food Drive Fridays, and, and people were getting stimulus funds and donating that to us. And everyone is struggling right now with the rising prices. So it's it's a different situation now, and we're not getting as much in as we were. So with the need increasing, we're going to be in trouble. And you were talking about food, uh, you know, different shortages or just like the stuff is out of stock. Like you said, I think you said your one of your friends or coworkers has a, a cat that you can't get the, the, the proper. Because, man, cats are picky. You cannot give a cat new cat food, I don't think. Once you find the cat food that it likes, and it's usually just fresh fish. I think no, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but Something, but yeah, but in in the in the same regard, uh, there's there's stories all you know any every news organization has stories on the on the baby formula shortage, and I don't want right. to get into like how or why we ended up at a baby formula shortage, but do you are how is the hunger task force and you know the programs that you serve. Uh, dealing with that because that seems really important. So you know the cat. We'll we'll figure out the cat food. If it's going to be picky about cat food, we'll just get a different cat food. But uh, baby formula works a little different, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can even get a different cat, but you know, um, you know, you can't baby get a different baby. Be different. I mean, there's the <laughs> the situation with the baby formula having a shortage nationwide, and then you know one of the the. The plants in Michigan having to close, which, by the way, they're they're being able to open again. So we'll see this hopefully get better. Um, but we actually work with um, the Hunger Relief Federation of Wisconsin. So that is a an association of free and local food programs uh, from all 72 counties in the state. So we have a working relationship where we are in contact with each other. Um, on a regular basis, and that is a terrific resource because if I've got something to share uh, through the state and someone else in a different county has something to share, I mean, we're all working together. So we have sent actually baby formula by the pallet because of a terrific donation that we got. Um, We have been sending that throughout the state for the last month, um, and we're continuing to do that. So as long as we have it, we're going to be providing it. Um, we've got a, a, a good expiration date on the formula. We are now kind of getting down to the end of it, um, which is stressful a bit. But we still have formula available. We're working through uh, La Crosse County WIC to be able to get that to the families who need it. Okay, so if, if somebody out there is listening or knows somebody that, that needs baby formula, I mean, again, we're not going to the Hunger Task Force, but you do you know where people could go? I mean, is it just... Go ahead. Yeah. Basically, what they need to do is they need to contact the, the La Crosse County WIC office. Um, and even if they're not eligible for WIC on a regular, you know, regularly, uh, WIC is going to give them a phone number for a social worker who is who we're working with, and we can provide the formula through that. So it's basically on a referral basis, but even if you're not eligible for WIC, please call the WIC office if you're in need, and um, you know we'll see if we have that kind of formula. And I think that's that's one of the things too is the type of formula people need. Not all of them are going to be available, uh, but we have some pretty good substitutes. So yeah, I don't know anything about baby formula. Not well, I know some, but <laughs> I know the idea of it. But uh, are babies as finicky as cats, or, or are they going to be okay with a different formula? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I don't think it's so much uh, being finicky or colicky even. I think it's allergies. So um, parents are really needing to, some of them are needing to be very careful with the kinds of formula they're, that they're using. But there are really, you know, some good substitutes for the brand names like Similac and, you know, the ones that are being, uh, having difficulty being produced right now. There's, there's good substitutes for that, and we have some of those. All right. We're speaking with Shelly Fortner, the executive director of the Hunger Task Force of La Crosse. Uh, Shelly, you mentioned the community garden on Keene Street. Has that grown? I mean, you've been here for 13 years, is that, and maybe longer. Uh, you've been the executive director for 13 years. How has that, that garden grown? You talked about, like, at the end of the year, 30,000 pounds of food is what that garden is going to give? That's our, yep, that's our goal every year. And even through the pandemic years with less volunteers, uh, we grew over 29,000. All of that food is grown there by volunteers and staff and given away free at the garden. Um, we are, I, the first year the garden was in business, it was about 5,000 pounds. So we now have two city blocks behind um, the, the Menards on the north side there on Kane Street, and that two city blocks has fared us pretty well, about 30,000 pounds a year. Is there any, I mean, can it get any bigger? I mean, can we, if somebody was like, hey, I want to, I want the community garden to be, exist here. Uh, I don't know if your, your resources are stretched thin when you, because you talked about having like 2,000 volunteers for that as well. Right. Yeah. Um, actually, during the pandemic, too, I mean, a lot of things happened. The, the pandemic wasn't all bad, you know, believe it or not. A lot of good things happened uh, with that. The city of La Crosse got together, and, and there were a number of victory gardens planted uh, throughout, you know, the city. So some on the north side, some of those gardens are still going. And so that's that's a great thing um, to have happened. The, the Cane Street Community Garden doesn't really have anywhere to grow. There's no more land. Yeah. But the key, the key to that is good weather. So we can plant early. We can harvest early and replant. But there was no early this year. So, um, you know, we went from 30 degrees to, to 90. Um, and now we're into the, into the you know, late spring and, and early summer where I don't know if the possibility to replant is going to happen for us. Yeah, I hear you. What, what is like the most popular thing that we're, we're growing there? Do you know off the top of your head? Oh, gosh. You know, the popular things are tomatoes, um, but last year we had a pretty bad drought, so tomatoes didn't do well last year. So hopefully, you know, hopefully this year, but again, everything's late, so it's really going to be a transition year. We're not sure, but we will be growing, trust me. We already are. Now, when, when people are out there and working in the garden, you know, and there's a pea pod and they just eat the pea pod, do you yell at them? Because, hey, that's part of our weight total. We need to hit 30,000. You can't be eating all the peas. Because I would be so tempted well, to just eat all the peas. Yeah. Well, you have to make sure we're not watching you then. So. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So I want to talk about a couple of things. We, we talked about, like, how, hey, maybe we should do food drive Fridays. I think we should do, like, food drive Mondays. But everyone is kind of grumpy on Monday. So maybe they wouldn't deliver as much food to the to the drive. But um, you, are, you, you are doing a couple of different things. Um, I know you're doing one for seniors and then one just uh, one that's kind of a continuation, but it just has Wisconsin tones to it. Can you talk about uh, what is it? The senior stock boxes? Is that what it's called? Yep. The senior stock boxes. We're doing the senior program. That, again, is a result of knowing that seniors are going to be pretty vulnerable here. Uh, That program is for seniors 60 plus um, who are below the income limit. And uh, there's a sign-up on our on our uh, website. They can call our office to see if they're eligible. I believe it's a pretty generous income amount. 
um, that you have to fall under. But anybody 60-plus under that income level can get these boxes. And they are um, once a month uh, either delivered right to their door if they are homebound or are unable to get to one of our pickup spots or just don't have the transportation. Uh, But we can do that one of two ways. The other thing um, that we have coming down and we'll be starting in June is uh, what's called the Badger Box. And if you remember back when we had the farmer-to-family food boxes with the surplus food that the government was helping to, you know, help the farmers grow and pay them and yet then donate the food to food banks uh, across the nation, and we came up with the farmer-to-family boxes, and we were distributing those through different groups once a month. Uh, Again, that went on for most of last year. So um, that program now is over, but we're starting the Badger Box, which is a a, a box of healthy foods, including meats and dairy uh, and produce, and everything in that box is grown or produced in Wisconsin. So that is a terrific thing for our state, um, and we will be starting to distribute those probably with the same groups uh, that we were working with before to help distribute. We're, you know, in Vernon County, in Monroe County, and in La Crosse County, so... Um, everybody should be looking for that to come. That is an income-based program as well. Um, but again, we're finding people are struggling, and we're going to be serving, you know, many with that program. All right, that's Shelley Fortner, the executive director of the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse. Thanks, Shelley, for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's all the time I have for today. Thanks again to Shelley Fortner from the Hunger Task Force for joining me. Tried to get Ron Kind on today, but they're voting. They literally have 20 House votes today. Coming up tomorrow on the show, it's Science Day. Not nationally or anything, but on Wisdom, it's going to be Science Day. I have UW Lacrosse's Spencer Halsey in studio with me. We'll see if she brings in anything like interesting. Last last week or last month, she brought a, a meteorite that it looked like just a big rock, but it weighed like five times the size of what you would think it would weigh. Anyway, we have a long list of topics surrounding science that we may, and one of those we may or may not talk about uh, if there's life on other planets. I know Ron Kind has 20 house votes today. I don't think he's part of this, but there's a house committee right now talking about UFOs. And it may or may not be about, you know, like E.T. or Predator. I think I think Spencer will be able to, to break that down a little bit, a little more clarification. And I also learned in the past month, as we have been doing different shows, she's kind of an insect nut. And we have uh, we talked about No Mo May a couple of times over the past month as the city of La Crosse isn't mowing their lawns or some volunteer residents aren't mowing their lawns and some parks in the, in the city aren't mowing their lawns to kind of help the pollinators out. Uh, two more weeks of that. We'll see how that looks in a couple of weeks. Um, and also... One other thing we're going to talk about is very local, aside from No Mo May. That's super local too, right? Uh, but it's a lo- local topic. It's, this is kind of a tease. I don't, want to, I don't want to bring up right now what we're going to talk about, but it's pretty important when it has to do with uh, science in lacrosse. Uh, after that, coming up on Thursday, we're going, to, we're going to preview the Republican convention, the Wisconsin Republican Party convention. But uh, the Republican Party didn't email me back. To uh, to talk about that, they, maybe they still might, but uh, we're gonna re- we're gonna review or, or preview the Republican Party convention with the Wisconsin Democratic Party chair Ben Wickler. <laughs> so so I'm sure he'll only have great things to say about the convention coming up. 
on the on Saturday this weekend, and we know that the Minnesota Republican Party convention was last weekend in Rochester, and they they essentially they nominated Scott Jansen, or they're they're going to endorse Scott Jansen, or I should say Jensen. I think it's Scott Jensen, Doctor Scott Jensen, as the top governor candidate in Minnesota to go against Tim Walls. So we'll see we'll see what Republicans in Wisconsin do this weekend, who they nominate. I'm, I'm guessing it would be Rebecca Clayfish. But there is talk. There's a AP story on wisdomnews.com from yesterday. There's talk that they might not nominate anyone. They might not endorse, I should say, endorse anyone. And I don't know how that works. I guess I don't have enough experience with political parties and whether or not they endorse. Because when we talk with William Garcia, the La Crosse County Democratic Party chair here, the, the discussion is always they don't endorse anyone during a primary, so any local candidate. So as we do the Democratic Voice podcast, if you want to listen, Democratic Voice podcast, wherever you get your podcast, or wisdomnews.com slash podcast, and then scroll down to Democratic Voice. Um, but what we when we talk about that, we, we bring on all the candidates in the Democratic Party that are running for Senate, running for uh, third congressional district, uh, not running for governor because there aren't any. Uh, it's just Governor Tony Evers. We could have him on, I guess. But when we... When we t- we bring all those guests on, even Stephen, there's no there's no endorsing any one of those particular people over another. We we just you know we kind of let them uh, talk and and we do, we as or William as the Democrat. I mean I I, I kind of go off the rails a little bit, but William as the Democratic Party chair in La Crosse County, he's not endorsing or their party is not endorsing any of these candidates. So it is kind of interesting. I I don't know how. You know, so they're not doing that in the Senate race or in this third congressional district race. Uh, but the the state party is different. And that's one of the questions I can ask Ben Wickler, the the Wisconsin Democratic Party chair. Uh, do they, would they, or are they going to endorse a Senate candidate? Maybe they have already, and I just missed it. Are they going to endorse a third congressional district candidate? Uh, someone like Ron Kind, uh, the, the, the U.S. House member representing the third congressional district right now and for the 20, past 26 years. He has endorsed Brad Paff already, so he's but he's a person, right? Like he's not an entity. So that'll be interesting. We'll talk about that on Thursday. But anyway, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you everybody for listening.